Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer. Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in and after treatment. Like what you hear? Have something to add? Come join us for next month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m. Welcome to Life on Pause. Tonight's episode is Guys Respond on the topic of hair. We're joined by three young men, and I'm going to turn it over to them for introductions. My name is Nathan Smelser. I was diagnosed with Ewing's sarcoma. It was in the back of my head. Maybe I'll turn around at some point. You can see my scar. That was, I think, just over five years since diagnosis, almost four years since remission. And one of the first things I remember about my hair loss was kind of waking up and looking at my pillow and being like, that's a lot of hair just stuck to the pillow. Yeah, it was a little shocking. I'm Jay Pipitan. I had T-cell like lymphoblastic lymphoma stage four. And first memories of hair loss was me actually pulling some of it out. It wasn't kind of like bothering me. It wasn't too falling out immediately. I just kind of, I always play with my hair, brush it through, try to style it. Sometimes I just got a little bit too much and I was like, oh, well, that's a thing. (laughs) So uh, then as it went on, I just would play with it and a little bit more would come out and it's not like it hurt or anything. My name is uh, Gus Bosworth. I was diagnosed with um, pediatric germ cell cancer um, back in 2013. I'm in remission about since 2014. Um, but I think my first memory of hair was um, it was my senior year of high school. So I was in the library um, reading a book. I think it was like a week after my first round of chemo. I noticed I started seeing little pieces of hair on the white pages. That kind of did the same thing where I started playing with my hair. I noticed it was falling out. And probably the next week, I had lumps of it coming out. And then we just shaved my head. So the next year and a half there, I didn't have any hair, and even after treatment, which my head didn't grow back. So it's been sort of permanent hair loss for me now. So, so you mentioned, Gus, that you eventually shaved your hair. Yes. Your hair came out. And that's something I'm curious about for the rest of you. Did you just let it fall out? Or at some point, did you break out the clippers? Yeah. Well, because I used to have like long hair, like just like a mop kind of. I probably should have taken better care of it now that I think back, but I did have long hair and I remember pulling it out and being like, hmm, I should probably get it cut. And I went to the barber and had them cut like something short. But then when I woke up and all the hair was on my pillow, I was like, well, this isn't going to work. If it's going to get everywhere, I just want it gone. And so I think I just went to like gray clips and was like, all right, let's get a zero. and get it all off and then as you can see it's nothing's really it comes back a little bit but actually i have a patch in the back that likes to grow a lot but other than like just right back here it's it's all like nothing i lost my hair twice uh once during treatment and all that kind of stuff it kind of knocked it out and then again i went into septic shock on christmas eve so I lost it a little bit later into that portion of my journey. And the first time uh, I started losing it, I kind of just let it do its own thing, kind of let it come out, pulled it out a little bit here and there. And then eventually I did just take like a, uh, almost like a buzz cut kind of thing to it. And then 
it started to come in. So I kind of figured like, ah, I won't have to do it too much again. And then like some patches would kind of come and go and just kind of let it. I just normally wore a beanie or something like that to kind of cover it up just so I wouldn't have to worry about it because I always thought my hair was one of my best features. So then when the second time it all fell out, I uh, just kind of decided that um, I just wanted it all gone just just so I kind of knew the progress I was going through and like when it's coming back, how far I have and like how much hair I actually have. So some family just came over that's actually a barber and they just got it all off for me. And uh, then I just kind of had a kind of blank slate. I remember thinking my hair would come back. Like, I, I obviously, I knew it wasn't going to come back during treatment. But then after I, I rung the bell and I was like, all right, I think in a month's time, I'll have hair back. Yes. And then they were like, yeah, well, it affects everyone differently. It might come back curly. It might come back a different color. And I was like, "Ooh, what am I going to get? And then it kind of just was like taking a while and kind of growing in like patchy. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait a little longer. And then I kept saying that. And then at some point I was like, it's not happening. So I just shaved it. And I don't shave very often. Sometimes if like, if I'm going to an event, I'll like clean it up. But otherwise, you just no work. Yeah, you mentioned um, your hair coming back. Nate. I remember like, um, I feel for a lot of survivors after treatment, one of the biggest things for them, like being you know, in remission, kind of having your hair come back. It kind of brings back down your identity. I think to me, having hair is like part of your identity. Sort of before having that uh, going through the treatment for me it was the same thing where my hair sort of came back in but i noticed it came really thin and it just started falling out so in a way it almost was i'm still on treatment not having my hair back it's almost kind of like in a way cancer kind of got a little bit of last last laugh at me but not my hair it was pretty um it was pretty devastating because you, you feel like it's part of your uh, personal identity so when you don't have it back it feels like something that cancer kind of took from you so not it sucks a lot well like i said i used to have like long hair and uh, so then when I came back, most people recognized me, but some people from like my, my school didn't recognize me and I had to remind them of who I was. And I still get recognized like outside of school as like someone with something. It's weird that it's happened more than once, but I've had two groups of people come up and like say, can we pray for you and like pray for me right there? And I'm like it happened one time while I was at work and I was like, all right, just I'm trying to work here. And just like, it's so obvious that I had something. There's people who are like, see that and are like keeping that, like think about that in my, in their head. And then there are some people who will just be like, Hey, what happened? Are you good? They don't always get it right. Some people think it's like alopecia or something. It's just interesting to see the, the differences in how people react to a young man being bald. Yeah, it's funny you say, I actually have a friend, and he actually has a male pattern baldness. He just lived his hair at a young age due to um, genetics. To me and him, we kind of bond with that, because we use your hair, especially at a young age, in your early 20s, a young adult, people kind of think of you like you were, you're you're um, in the military, or you're, you're part of some kind of cult. You're kind of, you kind of stand out, you're kind of a sore thumb. So it is, it is a little bit of um, it's almost like a society perception where you're kind of abnormal. We don't have your hair at such a young age. It's kind of, it's kind of hard. A lot of people think I'm in here in my, well, in my thirties or I'm in the military. So yeah, a lot of people are asking that. So yeah, it's kind of missing that identity of having your hair. You said you had nice long hair too. Yeah, it was, 
I could try and rifle through my stuff here to find a picture, but it was it was long. I at the end of I used to keep it buzzed, which is funny. I've kind of returned to that kind of look, but at the end of fifth grade, I was like, I'm just gonna let it grow, and it grew out. It was probably it was at least down my neck a bit. I don't know if I would really call it shoulder length, but it was like a lot. You said getting recognized for like being in the military and stuff. Yeah, some people are joking the military, they're joking you're in a cult for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're something like, yeah. Not, well, which is more of a negative perception. Yeah, but I mean, the reason I shave my head because my hair doesn't grow anymore, so I kind of just shave it because more, I guess it's more clean, it's more uniform that way. But you don't see a lot of people in their 20s with a shaved head. Right, unless yeah. there's a specific reason or they had cancer. Like, I'll be talking to someone, like I was at the beach one time talking to the lifeguard and I was talking to him about his college school and i said oh yeah i just graduated and he said oh blah 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 he thought that i had graduated college and i was like no i just graduated high school i'm a child compared to you i think that this really gets at how much um hair is part of identity so you named kind of the identity of what what age you are so what age cohort you're part of you named that sometimes people might think oh maybe you're in a cult or that you're part of the group um kind of the group of people who are sick <laughs> before you Nathan and Gus kind of came to terms with the fact that your hair wasn't going to come back all three of you were part of this group where no I'm not having hair kind of signified maybe maybe something's going on with them Especially, I think, when you lose your eyebrows and your eyelashes, then people really know something's going on. So could each of you talk about what it was like to be visually identified by others as being sick and what that did for you and your self-image? So there's a lot of different body aspects that will change through treatment. And it's not always just your hair. Uh, Like you said, it could be eyelashes or eyebrows or even like weight loss or gain, everything kind of goes into a whole bunch of different categories and aspects. And each one of them kind of takes a toll on your mental health because it's like, hey, I was healthy three days ago. At least I thought, what what happened today? Like what changed? Like I I just ran for my school uh, mile or whatever. And then it's kind of like, okay, you have cancer probably going to lose all your hair. You're going to have to have this long um, treatment. And it's like, I had to take steroids, which made me uh, gain a whole lot of weight that got into my head. And I'm still like working to like get back to uh, where I want to be. At this point, I am uh, where I was, but I'm still pushing to like get to where I want to be. And it's just kind of like, hey, why do I have to push even harder to get to like a point that's almost it's almost like a restart kind of like of how you want to look like at first it was kind of like okay I look this way and uh, that's kind of how it is and then you go through this treatment and it's kind of more hey now I have to try to lose that weight or gain that weight and uh, now I can't do anything about my hair maybe I should wear a wig maybe I should wear a hat maybe I should fill in eyebrows or something it's there's all these different aspects that uh, you kind of took for granted almost. And then something happens that you get a disease or get a sickness or get something that's out of your control and you lose that. And then kind of just feel like less of a person almost. 
And uh, that can just be a drain on your mental health. So I think more than what other people think, it's more of what you think about yourself. And just, I was always kind of like, I don't really care what people think of me. You like me, you like me. You don't give me a reason not to like you. It's kind of like, I never cared about what people thought of me, but I still cared about what I thought of myself. So if I thought me going bald affected the way I look and a negative impact, I'd wear a hat. And I did wear a hat. I wear beanies all the time uh, for that thing. I didn't lose anything in my eyebrows or my eyelashes, but if I did, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have filled them in or did anything like that, but only God knows. The eyebrows. I never realized that I'd lost my eyebrows until I had said something like to my mom, I guess. Oh, I never lost my eyebrows. And she's like, yeah, you did. And I have the picture of me on my last day of treatment in front of like one of the the children's hospital. They have like the the truth, the honesty, the the four diamonds words. And it's like it's a different person. I feel like that's not even me that I'm looking at. Or like, I remember my cousins visiting me for one Christmas. The one cousin, we, we took a picture and she posted on our Instagram. And I remember looking back one time at that picture. And I'm like, I am like, not even there. Like, I am like, twigs, skin and bones. And it's just like, I never really realized how much I had changed. It's, it's almost like a a shock or like whiplash looking back and seeing like, oh my goodness, like, whoa. Cause I never really felt like I was different. I mean, obviously there were some kids who never lost their hair. And like, I knew some of the kids in the hospital and like, I just felt like, you know, we were all the same, really. Looking back, it's almost hard to believe like the changes that I went through physically, let alone mentally. But it's just really surprising to look back and just think about it all. I don't want to say I'm glad it happened, but I am who I am today because of all that. So I don't know who I'd be if none of that happened, right? So you got to figure out what's more most important to you going through it. I mean, that's a really good point there, um, Nathan. Um, I think for all three of us with J2, um, we're still kind of, we're so young. We're still trying to figure out who we are and how our life story is. I remember the chemo losing my hair. Then it was weird when you lose hair, then my eyebrows came out too. I remember I was on a lot of steroids and fluid. I remember my face being really puffy and big and round. So yeah, it was kind of, it was hard. You can really, it, you're going through the treatments, they change your body so much. You eventually kind of have to step the brutal truth. At the time, the main thing just getting through the treatment because your life's the most important thing. And now that I've been in remission so many years, I'm, that's what matters is that I have my life. But at the same time, it's hard looking back seeing how much it did in my body, being the long-term effects. So my tumor was actually in my chest. So we did open a heart. So I saw the nine scar in my chest. So every time I go to the beach, I pull people, they see that scar on my chest. And now that my hair never grew back either. So it's kind of like in a way, um, I guess I mentioned this earlier, it's like almost like your new identity. You kind of learn to step down. It's hard. It's not easy, but at the same time, it becomes part of your story. Even though I don't like it, I still have gratitude. Still, it's it's a symbol of why I'm still here. So I try and embrace that aspect of it. Yeah, there's something you could have a podcast about, Shelly. Uh, scars, like because obviously I have. Well, I have the baldness, so you, people see that. I have a big scar running down the back of my neck that people see. Not as much because I had I had the metaport. You don't really see that, but I did have a a tube in my stomach so like i say it's like a second belly button and people laugh but like 
those are things that people see and think about. In freshman year, we had swimming class and like for the first half of the semester, I couldn't swim because I had a, a tube in my stomach. And then when I did, I obviously was in a bathing suit and they're like, hey, what's that? And I would be like, oh, you know, I got I got shot here and like this is from a knife or something. But it's just like those are things people see and they're not going to just not notice them. I don't want to say they mark you, but having these like scars, like it kind of does. It shows that you're different. I think you, you have to kind of say that it, it is a mark. It, it's kind of a way that your cancer experience has changed you forever. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't define who I am. But maybe someone at the beach might say to their friend, oh, look, that dude has a scar down the back of his head. And so to me, I'm the dude with this. To them, I'm the dude with the scar down my the back of my head. But to me, I know I'm not just the dude with the star, scar down the back of my head or the no hair. It doesn't define me, but it is it is a very visible part of who I am. Really good point. It's kind of funny. We were talking about hair loss. Now we're talking more about body appearance, like scars and everything else. But people see John scar in my chat. They say the same thing. The guy's scars chat. But now that I'm kind of kind when people ask the scar, I tell people, oh, that's the reason I have these scars because I had to beat stage four cancer. The kind of way I kind of add on more of the story about rather than a guy with scars, I'm actually a survivor. I'm actually a fighter. So you say it's kind of define yourself, making that like story who you are and what you want to be. I guess you mentioned that we started talking about how hair loss affects your identity and we kind of moved into overall body image, but it's, or self-image, but it's hard to dissect them out, right? They're all in some ways part of one package. Some of those marks you have or scars kind of indicate to others that something happened to you. And then there's like the knowledge that you each have on the inside of all the things that happened to you. A lot of people try and say, well, I know I look good, bald. Like, I know that. Uh, but it's funny. A lot of people say, oh, I could I could never be bald. I have a bad head shape. But I'm sure that I would have said that, too. But you are who you are. And obviously, you can't change the shape of your skull. So you kind of just I have accepted that this is who I am. Something that definitely I wasn't expecting is uh, the amount of comedy you kind of have to put into everything. Like you got to take everything with a grain of salt and kind of laugh at it. Like I think TV shows and everything, it's like, oh God, cancer, you're dead. Oh God, if you don't die, you're going to lose all your hair. It's going to be the worst thing ever. So like, yes, it stinks, but you really got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't let that kind of stuff get to you because yes, you let out a cry, let out whatever you need to. But when it's all going down, you kind of need to be in survival mode. Um, I tell everyone that going through the treatment, it was uh, more surviving than living. And like, you don't really get to do too much. You, your counts get low. You, you can't go outside that much because of the sun or uh, you can't see your friends that just got out of school and it's summertime and you want to hang with them. But it's like one of you got sick. So you kind of just got to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. And you kind of have to laugh at this stuff because like, if you can't joke about it yourself, someone that could try to bring you down could say something. And if you let it affect you, it's just going to go down the wrong ways. Like all my buddies, all my buddies, they all joke about uh, my hair loss and stuff. And I allow it because I joke about it too all the time. 
stupid stuff like they they still call me Mr. Clean or, or they said Baldi's Basics or something like that. They go through all these different little jokes and stuff. And I, I laugh at it because I know they they all love me at the end of the day. And it's not like they mean anything by it. They're just teasing me. And you got to take that kind of stuff with with the with the grain of salt, like I said, and kind of laugh at it. And I wasn't expecting uh, there to be like such a mental fight as well as a physical one. I agree with that. I think something that was unexpected was the amount of comedy that really helps getting through it. Or whenever someone finds out you have cancer, they always say, I'm sorry. And I always think, well, why are you? I get that you're saying you're sorry, but like you can't, you didn't do this. Like it's not your fault. So if that kind of thing, just like when you, when you think about it and it's always so serious, then you kind of just get down and you're like, oh, I have cancer. I can't do anything. I got to sit in my bed for a week because I'm hooked up to an IV bag and I can't, I'm stuck here, blah, blah, blah. And then, but if you just like, they always say like a smile is the best medicine, right? It really is. Cause if you're laughing and smiling and joking around, one, you're not thinking about the cancer and like gloom and doom, but you're thinking about, I'm having a good time. I'm with the people I care about. And that's what really matters. At least that's what I ended up feeling like really mattered to me was being with people I cared about and, and being happy. I was the joke man on the floor. I would always tell the nurses new jokes and they'd always ask me for more because that's, that's how you stay happy. That's how you stay laughing. I feel like you're more likely to get better if you're in a positive mood than if you're in a negative mood. If you say something's going to happen, it, it's more likely to happen, right? So you stay positive. You say, I'm going to get better. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to have a good time being with the people I like, people I love. So that's what happened. Good way to say yeah. I agree with you guys saying about how it's like smiling, humor is the best mess. And that's kind of what I learned too about them. They said, too, agree. So you have to find a healthy outlet. It's good laughing things. I guess one thing I did notice, this is a little different, was also good to be kind of um, honest with yourself and your emotions out. As growing up, we always kind of, me and my sister were taught, you're not supposed to feel sorry for yourself. You're not supposed to be mad. And you're supposed to have gratitude, which is true. I do have gratitude. But something like, especially the hair loss, I don't like it. it I think hair loss really sucks. There's not much. You, you can't really sugarcoat it. So somehow I learned it's actually, it's okay to be honest. It's okay to say you hate this. Hey, this sucks a lot. You know what? I do kind of feel sorry for myself. Not, not that you should dwell on it all the time. But as I got, I learned how hard it was, even when you tried to, be happy all the time. It almost feels like a state of denial. There's, there are times where I'm just really honest with myself, like, hey, I really hated having cancer. That actually helps me a little bit to kind of cope with it. I don't want to dwell on it all the time. So like you mentioned earlier, it's good to have um, family, friends, and healthy outlets. So I can still be positive. But I learned that in a way of accepting, accepting the whole deal, I'm just really honest about how much it, it sucks a lot at times. Oh, yeah. No matter how much of a positive attitude or how much support you have, there's always going to be something that's just, just like, wow, this is not fun. And yeah, like, I think that's just unavoidable. But if you can keep the times in between the times where you're thinking, wow, I am not having a good time. If you can have an okay time in between, I think that's better than kind of falling into a, I'm not having a good time. So I'm not going to try and have a good time kind of feeling. I even take the comedy aspect into my everyday life. Like 
I realized throughout the treatment, like how much laughing and smiling and like having those good endorphins, like can really change the entire aspect of your day. And it'd just be something so little all the time. It was never anything huge that was like, oh my God, that's amazing. This is great. It was always something small that just made me smile. And it just completely changed the entire day. So I always go out of my way to at least try to make somebody laugh or smile, even during the conversation, just have some aspect of just try to brighten their day just in some way, shape or form. I really appreciate you, Gus, kind of highlighting that you can't just kind of force smile or laugh, or be grateful your way through the experience. You, you have to also sometimes acknowledge what you've lost. In this case, like you literally lost your hair and you, you've lost time. And, and that's something that can cause both sadness and anger. And yeah, we don't want anybody to get stuck in that for long periods of time. And that to be your only mode. But thanks for highlighting that. Um, because kind of, there's a lot of complexity here. Yeah, I think um, we talk about like um, using humor and also times kind of beyond how hard it is. I guess emotions are um, they're so mixed. I guess the best way to describe it is kind of like a roller coaster up and down. When things are down, to be honest, when things are going well and you're up, you should just enjoy the ride and make the best of it too in a way. So that's some emotion. I guess emotions don't make a lot of sense, but they're real though. So you got that right. Did your hair grow back eventually then, Jay? Yeah, yeah. This is this is all my real hair. This is uh, okay. I have uh grew. Yeah. So it all fell out two times I said, and then uh it grew back a little bit in between. Yeah. And then now I've just been going pretty strong. Uh yeah. I have a, a little like spot, bald spot in the back of my head because I don't I don't know, I got like some uh fungal or something from the hospital or something like that yeah. that that spot i don't really remember what it was from but uh there's a little bald spot there but so your hair is the opposite of mine yeah i wear i wear a hat now here i think my my hair you guys it's still on the side just on top they really stop um it's weird because no one my family's bald they didn't think it was like male parent baldness but it's often the chemo with sugar but it just never really came back in school so i'm actually a little bit genetic with the chemotherapy so like i said before i was pretty um yeah, it's pretty devastating. I guess it's hard. I know. Should I, I'll tell people every once in a while. Like, um, I know it's not the worst thing, but so guys, I like my hair. So yeah, it, it did stop. And people kind of tell me about not being. Um, I shouldn't be so shallow. I should accept it, which is funny. My one friend's mom was telling me how she embraced it, but she's in her mid fifties and she has dark black hair. So I know she dyes her hair. So it's funny how she tells me that she like accept who I am. There she is. I know she dyes. There's no way she has black thick hair in her late fifties. But sometimes it's really just that, um, sometimes it's hypocritical and people tell you how to live your life. But you know, for a fact, if they're in your shoes, they probably couldn't do it themselves. There's truth in the message by how you got the message or can do it for yourself. So, yeah. Like I said, sometimes I know that society, some of my friends, some of the people, like we mentioned earlier, they don't always, um, perceive hair loss in the most positive way. I had a lot of people say, oh, why don't you wear a wig? Something to that effect. I never, Personally, I never liked the idea of a wig just because I feel like that's a lot of work to put up for something that isn't me. If I'm going to have hair, I want it to be my own hair. And if it's, if I'm just going to be bald, then that's just, that's just what my hair is going to be. And I, I think it looks good. So I don't need, I don't feel the need to, to cover it up with someone else's hair or fake hair. 
like yeah. i don't know i don't want to and then i feel like that's like i said that's a, like a, i feel like that would at least for me be a lot of work to deal with keeping wigs maintained i would give examples on how but i have absolutely yeah. zero idea on how to maintain a wig is it your hair loss is it the are you or are you perceptive you think no i honestly i don't ever think about it um oh, wow. unless it's like pointed out or like i see myself and i'm like oh yeah because it's not something that i talk about a lot it's not something that i it's not something that i think about really it's just yeah. that's just there and if someone says something i'm like yeah but it's good for aerodynamics or i don't have to dry it off when i get out of the shower i always that's say the, the conditioner, right yeah right yeah. i don't have it's to buy i don't have to buy shampoo i don't have to buy conditioner i don't have to i don't have to go to the uh get my hair cut i used to get it shaved but at great clips but because great clips are a cool company they would do it for free because i was in remission and that's a tip for anyone listening that might want to do that which was nice but then i kind of was just like you know what it's fine how it is yeah. it's all good so i just just leave it how it is it's nice because i don't like having to do that people talk about hair loss when they come bold usually accept it but people ask me if you could take a pill that would let your hair grow back would you do it and I say, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I, okay. So I think if you had asked me at like right after I finished treatment, mm-hmm. I would have been like, Oh, absolutely. Would have, that's like, that's, I know I would have said that, but now I'm like, well, this is who I am. I am bald. Like I don't wish for my hair to grow back anymore. Sometimes I think about it might be nice or I don't think I'd say yes now. Yeah. Okay, I'm just curious. Cause I think, cause some of my friends, well, like, they, they have this, they talk about, they're, they're young, but a lot of their dads are kind of like, they have the hair loss for their own. So some of my friends are expecting the next 10 to 15 years. Now I'm kind of had the ball game. But some of the funny is like, um, I guess ah, it's like, you're ahead of the ball game. Yeah. Cause some guys, they're bolding, they try hanging on their hair by kind of doing that Kumar look or try to keep as much as they can. The main tail. People, yeah. Some people like me, like for me, like I, you can kind of see some of the hair thick. But for me, though, I kind of just shave my head. So I feel the difference between folding and shave head. And having a shave head, I feel like I'm kind of like taking command. Where I have that option where, hey, I'd rather just be completely bold and just shave my head myself. Yeah, so I well, I do have. And also, by chance, both of my uncles on my mom's side are bald by choice. Like, they both shave their head regularly. Yeah. So I feel like maybe maybe that in some way has affected my thought process. Not consciously, but subconsciously, because like I knew people that were bald, and so maybe that I don't even know. Maybe that made it easier in the back of my head to say, "Oh yeah, I'm bald." If I could get the answer to any one question at the moment, it would be, "How does that work?" Like Jay's hair is back. I see that he's got nice hair. Like what? Like what's the deciding factor there? I guess. That's what I was wondering too. Like, I don't know if it's like genetic roulette or what. Cause same with me, you know, my family's bald. I thought was my hair would grow back. For some reason on top, they mostly just thin out. I never grin. The dogs, they weren't 100% sure either. But I guess that's for Jay. Since you have your hair back, I'm, cause for a lot of young guys, they know as they get older, are you worried about boarding one day as you get older or are you just enjoying your hair right now? You don't even think about it. Yeah. I'm trying to just really like, nice hair, man. take, take, 
take life to uh, just kind of appreciate it in the yeah. back. I mean, it was definitely one of those big things for me that like, I was like, okay, I'm actually sick. I think it was one of those things like that really connected to me. Like, and when I actually started losing hair, it was like, it was kind of like I was in shock for all that period. And when I started losing, it was kind of like, oh, okay. So this is happening just throughout uh, getting it back. I was like, yes, I'm getting hair back. And then when I lost it again, it'd be like, that's that, that, that's yeah. And then so in the future, if it, if it does end up going, I mean, whatever it's, it's hair at the end of the day. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just hair, but like, it's not it, going to change who he is. Yeah. It, it's, I've already gone through so much character development, like throughout, throughout the treatment. Cause you kind of have to, I mean, uh, we get it at such a young age, you kind of have to grow up a little bit quicker than a lot of your friends and stuff for certain aspects to um kind of line up if I, I if i was to lose my hair again it'd kind of just be like a life is it was fun while it lasted yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that question of character development of course cancer affects how you grow and how you see the world is it still doing that for each of you and how yeah i'd still say so definitely not as much as i used to right because obviously when i was during that year and a couple weeks, like a lot went down, which was, I guess, I don't think I'm, I wouldn't say I'm still processing it, but I think I had to process it for a long while. I definitely had, whenever we had to write an essay about a personal experience, I always knew what to write about. I feel like every time I've written one, because I've written multiple about the cancer, it always helps to think back and be like, how was I? feeling what was going on like how do i feel about it now and i know for a fact if i hadn't had that experience i wouldn't be me i'd be somebody else i mean obviously i would still be nathan and like that kind of thing but like i would be a different person and i would ha- i think i would have different views on some things and yeah i think that just i don't think it'll ever stop but i don't think it hap- like my character is I think my character now is more defined by the stuff that I'm doing other than the cancer, but it'll always be a part of me, like I've said. Yeah, I think it's a good response. Um, I think it's part of um, all of us are really young. So I think character development affected as you kind of mature as an adult. I guess what's interesting for us is that we all have cancer at a young age. We're kind of forced to have this um, existential crisis. So some way for me being younger, um, well, I know maybe it's just my friend. But for me, um, since I was a senior year of high school, I had missed a whole year of college. A lot of my friends kind of graduated before me. They kind of had, um, I don't know if they had a head start in life, but they were on a different paths. I guess I noticed a lot of my friends a little more, um, maybe a little more competitive about where their jobs are. He's buying the first house, he's getting married. As in me, I had to do a lot of time off in the treatment. So I feel like, in a way, um, maybe I'm a little more old school. I'm a little more reserved. I'm a little more patient in my life. I kind of just observe and just how, um, Going through the treatment, I kind of, really, I just gotta go with life how it takes me. But I guess I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm like a real rush from going my life, but I'm kind of just here and going the ride and developing as a person where it happens next. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely think uh, when you're going through everything, it's kind of like there's a big wham, like of character growth. And then it's kind of like, it's a little bit more spread out then. It's kind of like, okay, I'll give you a little bit more, uh, maybe empathy towards others. I'll give you a little bit more patience. I'll give you a little bit more understanding. And then it's kind of like all those kind of things get installed into you. And 
there's sure there's those big moments that you're like oh okay so i got that from my time doing this or through my treatment and that helped through this portion and i'm sure as we get older it's going to kind of be a little bit more notice of all the different kind of areas that uh, we did get a different view on certain things or how we kind of understand other things and i i definitely feel like medically uh we know a ton more about like from where we defaulted i mean if you asked me what an anc was before treatment i've been looked at you like is that a something for a car i agree with that as someone who went through all this i feel like i am now i feel like i'm more likely to empathize with others who are not even necessarily going through the same stuff but like i feel like i understand that there can be real struggle in people's lives and like healthcare and all that. And like, if I had, would it happen? Because I can't even imagine how much money was spent by the hospital on all the, the drugs and the doctors and the, the room space, like all of that. I see like just one little, like, I have a headache. I'm going to go to the doctor can end up being a whole wave of money that can be pushed on like out of people and like I hear stories and like of people not being able to pay for stuff and it's like sometimes I think well that's I got that I think that another thing that this whole experience has taught me is like kind of just got to roll with the flow you can't force things to happen I couldn't force my counts to get better as much as I was like oh it'll it's a 34 week plan we're gonna get through and I'll be able to go to school in March I can't make that happen i had like a whole extra 20 weeks of just waiting around for counts to get better you just gotta go with the flow yeah i agree that's really well said about how can i go to roll on um, something i learned about having cancer is um, i guess i kind of applied it to all my friends and people around me that everyone's on a different path in life even though cancer is hard i think about other people going through their illnesses how everyone has their own hidden battle they have to kind of overcome themselves kind of find their own character development I guess something I learned from life is not to compare myself to other people. They're all on their own path, and it's really about finding that your purpose and find your mission in life. So I think for us, we're all still young. We're not quite, we're not quite there yet. We're all still looking and searching it. Like you said, life kind of just, life um, doesn't stop. It keeps moving. Yeah, I know. I, now I want to give back more. I feel like seeing all the what's happened and what happens, it makes me want to be a better person. It wants me to help people more. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Cause it's funny, um, you mentioned the healthcare. You hear about people who can't pay for their bills and all. I noticed I follow um, politics a lot more with going on the world. And I'm actually more aware of things about how everyone likes to so differently. I guess like you say, you kind of have, um, I guess, a greater um, sense of humility by other people when they're going through too, especially when I had to go through. I mean, like you said, I was pretty lucky. You have um, the four dominant funds. It makes a big difference. We don't have to worry about a financial burden. You can kind of just focus on your health. A lot of people don't have that. Um, they don't have that privilege or that gift. Well, you guys given some really great advice to people that come after you. And that was actually my last question. Is there anything else that you wish you would have known earlier or you would like someone coming up after you who's newly diagnosed to know? I definitely feel like taking everything with a grain of salt is so big. Having a great out, like a, the best possible outlook you could, trying to stay positive, trying to stay hopeful knowing that things are going to get really hard, probably when you least expect it. And I wish someone would tell me that like, 
the whole part of treatment is going to stick. There isn't going to be a, a downer. There might be, there might be a, a day you feel better than others, but it, for the most part, it's, it's, it's going to stick. And that's just how it is. And I wish someone would have been straight up with me like that and just told me that treatment sucks. Treatment is so hard and it's takes such strain on your body and you're going to feel bad a lot of days. That's definitely one of the biggest things that uh, I wish someone would have just told me that like a lot of these days are going to be uncomfortable, but you can get through it because God doesn't give you anything you can. Yeah, I'd say ask question. As much as cancer is not a good thing, it's a very interesting thing. Well, I mean, I remember I wanted to get a picture of the tumor. I didn't get that, which I've come to terms with. I've accepted that. But as much as it's bad, it's a really interesting thing, especially like just with the whole like science of it. And like you're putting chemicals in your body to fight off something that was once part of your body. It's just really I think it's really interesting. And I feel like knowing about it and knowing like why they're using this drug and why they're not doing this or that, like why something's happening can really help just understanding the situation can make the situation not seem as bad. I already said I've learned to just kind of roll with it. I never thought anything bad was going to happen. I always, I always knew I was going to be okay because like look at all the people that have been okay and look at these doctors wouldn't be paid so much and go, wouldn't go through all these, this schooling if they didn't know what they were doing. Right. So I always just had trust in my doctors, my on, I guess, oncologist. And there's a whole team of people that are doing their best to find out what's going to make me good again. And they did that. It's really impressive what modern science can do. And I just kind of kept that kind of stuff in the back of my mind. Like I'm going to get better. They know what they're doing. I trust them. It's mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, good answer. Um, I think from telling uh, the other guys too. Um, you mentioned about um, your um, you shave your head or taking a grain of salt or um, going to flow. That's a lot of questions. I guess for anyone down with cancer, um, I know some patients they tell me they don't think they're actually that they don't think they're that strong. They're kind of just going through treatments getting beat. But I think for anyone who's down with cancer, I would tell them like we were saying earlier that you kind of have to find a way to kind of take control of it. Um, obviously. You can't control how much the treatments will suck. You're not sure what's going to happen to you, but you can always kind of control your mindset. Either that's by taking this grain of soul or learning to go with the flow. Um, I remember when I was doing my treatment, I kind of told myself, hey, this is going to be fun, but I'm going to go through it. I'm going to try to do what I can. Like you say, ask a lot of questions, knowing it. I guess by, um, I take some sort of control, that gives me a little bit of power to myself. You're kind of giving yourself courage. But yeah, I can't get through this treatment. You want to have faith in your doctors and your science. Or something in a higher power. I remember going through the treatments, a lot of people care about me. To me, that was always, um, that gave me a lot of strength. And to me, that was kind of like the great example of God's love that people do care about. They want to be through it. And there are people who do make it through it. But for most people, I would say you want to have that sense of control that you can do it. Yeah. You can't control the world. You can't control others, but you can control how you react to those things. Yeah, for sure. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's really the power of people's experience that is such good medicine for those that listen to this podcast and those who come after you. So thanks everyone for participating in tonight's podcast and we'll see you soon for the next one. 
Thanks for listening to Life on Pause. Ideas or suggestions for future episodes? Feel free to share them with us. Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until Until next time. time.